Welcome. You're listening to the podcast of First Church in Woodland, California, Pastor Timothy Wisnett. We're so glad you could join us. And we pray that this message you're listening to today is a blessing to your day. And I want to invite you also to visit us online at firstchurch.app to get connected with us and learn about our service and upcoming events. And uh, we hope that we can connect with you and see you soon. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You know, I just feel before I really get into the text, I want to take like two texts. Amen. Because I want to ask you a question today. And it comes from the Word of God. And it's in Acts chapter 19. If you have that ready, my brother, I don't know, I I sent it to him kind of late. But Acts chapter 19 and verse number 1, it reads like this. It says, and it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples. He found disciples there. And verse 2 says this. He said unto them, have you received the Holy Ghost since ye believed? I want you to look at somebody next to you and ask them that question. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you've believed? Look at your other neighbor, if you have another neighbor, and ask him. Say, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? And the Bible says this. And they said unto him, we have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. So they didn't know what the Holy Ghost was. All right. And the scripture tells us that there's a follow-up question that he had. He said, okay, in verse number 3, he said unto them, unto what then were ye baptized? How were you baptized is what they asked. And they said, well, unto John's baptism. Verse number 4, then Paul said, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him. That is on Christ." Jesus and verse number five tells us that when they heard this they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus he found some disciples he found some believers and he asked them since you believed have you received the Holy Ghost they said no we don't even know what that is and he said okay well let's let's talk about your baptism then then how were you baptized and they said well we were baptized with John and they, he told them, no, 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 there's, there's more here. And John himself said that there's someone greater than me coming. That is on Jesus. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. They made their salvation sure because the preacher wanted to make sure that they were baptized the Bible way, the New Testament way, because it is all in the name of Jesus. All that you do in word and deed, it's in the name of Jesus. And I I didn't didn't give it to our media team ahead of time, but verse 6 tells us that when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost uh, came on them and they spake with tongues and prophesied. They received the Holy Ghost, and they were baptized. And that's what was next for them. 
And so I want us to turn in our Bibles, if you would now turn with me. We're going to go to Acts the 8th chapter, and this is really my text. That was my uh, mini text here today. We're going to start in Acts chapter 8 and verse number 30. We're going to read through verse number 40, so please bear with me. But I promise I won't be long today. The scripture says in Acts chapter 8, verse number 30, And Philip ran thither to him, and heard him read the prophet Esaias, and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? And he said, How can I, except some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. The place of the scripture which he read was this, He was led as a sheep to the slaughter. And like a lamb dumb before his shearer, so opened he not his mouth. In, in his humiliation, his judgment was taken away. And who shall declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee, of whom speaketh the prophet of this? Of himself or some other man? Was Isaiah talking about himself or was he talking about somebody else? This Ethiopian eunuch was, was confused, and Philip was there at the right time. The scripture says, then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. And as they went on their way, they came unto a certain water. And the eunuch said, see, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stand still. The eunuch was in control of that chariot that they sat in as it moved along, passing by a body of water. And the eunuch said, Stand still. Stop. Chariot drivers here. And so he commanded it to stand still, and they both they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And they were come up out of the water, and the Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip, that the eunuch saw him no more. And he went on his way rejoicing. But Philip was found as Azotus, and passing through, he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. Amen. Would you put your Bibles down and help me pray and just ask the Lord's blessing as we look into his word together. Jesus, we thank you for your goodness, for the spirit we have felt in this house, Lord, that you have been with us and that you're with us right now. God, I ask that you would move, that you would minister, that you would speak to your people in this house. Speak to every heart. Make every heart ready to receive it. Let it fall on good ground, I pray, in Jesus' name. And why don't we give another hand clap and give God some high praise if you're thankful to be in his house. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I want to preach on this thought today. There is more. Somebody say, there is more. Amen. You can be seated in this place. You see, in Acts chapter 8, we find an amazing situation unfold. And it started with, in Acts 8 and 26, that the angel of the Lord spoke to Philip. 
and commanded him and said, Arise, go toward the south unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert, is what he told him. There was a great revival happening in Jerusalem. But the Lord spoke to Philip and said, I have something more for you to do. And I need you to get up where you're at and go to the desert. Go on your way. And we could see very apparently in the scriptures that I read to you why he was asked to do this. And it was because there was a divine appointment that was going to happen. God had set up this situation for the eunuch to be reading from the scripture and for Philip to be just passing by. Philip didn't know he was looking for a eunuch, but Philip was just aware of the presence of God. Amen? There's something to be said for us saints of God here in this house that we should have an awareness that God can be working in any situation, in any day, even in the desert. God's working. God's looking for an opportunity to minister to somebody. And so Philip was ordained of God to be there. I want to ask us in this house, do we really believe that God allowed us to come together today? Do we believe that it was God who set every person in their chair here today? Do you believe that it was just an accident that you've come into this house today? No, because scripturally, I see too many times when the preached word happens and when the people are gathered that God is in it. That God can work a miracle. That God can do great things. And his word can be preached. And the gospel can be received by somebody. If God set this up today, then I believe that he has something for you to hear in this house today. I've come with a burden on me today to tell you it's no accident you're in this place. And God wants to speak to you. And if you're hearing my voice, I'm talking to you. And the Lord is talking to you in this place. Because his word is alive. We can't, he can't help but move when his word is preached. Hallelujah. So let me tell you what Philip preached to this important person who apparently was searching for truth today. Romans chapter 10 says this. It says, how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? The Bible itself declares that it is through the preaching of the word of God that we can receive faith. And it's through the preaching of the word of God that we can receive faith faith in his word and we can believe it for ourselves we can see it for ourselves 
How shall they call on him whom they have not believed? How shall they believe in him in whom they have not heard? You can hear it for yourself because there's a preacher on a Sunday morning. I'm not anybody. I'm just human, just like you. But it's because I have this, and it's because I'm preaching it and declaring it to you that I believe you can be changed. You can have faith. You can receive from God. Amen. It's nothing that I do. It's not in the preaching, but it's in the word of God. And I've come here today to declare that same word that Philip declared. I've come to preach that same word that Philip preached. And it's a simple message, so I hope you're ready to hear it today. Because the Bible tells us, first of all, that he was reading from the book of Isaiah. As he approached, he saw what he was reading. And I imagine Philip got a big smile on his face and said, man, I know that scripture. I've read that in my Bible before. And gets invited in. And from this conversation they start to have. And he preached from the very same scripture, Jesus, the Bible says. I've come to just preach Jesus today. I've just come to preach hope today. I've just come to preach that there's salvation today. That your life can be healed today. That you can be forgiven of your sins today. Isaiah 53 and 5 says, But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. What Jesus did at Calvary heals us, and it forgives our sins. Hallelujah, that's a reason to dance. That's a reason to shout that anything is possible. Chains can be broken because I'm a testimony of it. Healing can happen. Healing has happened. And healing will happen again in Jesus' name because of his stripes. We are healed. Hallelujah. We serve an awesome God today. We serve a mighty God today. I don't have to say anything else but that. And I can say it for hours. I can shout it from the mountaintop. You might be wondering why I'm so excited. Because I was lost, but now I'm found. I was broken, but now I've been fixed. There's nothing like the blood of Jesus. His work is so powerful. Hallelujah. Many of you have known the forgiveness of God. Oh, God. I deserve that place of Calvary, if I would be honest with you. But he died in my place. 
Before I was even born, he knew I would fail. He knew that I would fall, but he went to Calvary anyways. 2,000 plus years ago, he decided to die on a cross for you and for me. And he already knew we wouldn't be worthy of it, but he died himself for all of us. Hallelujah. What a mighty God we serve. I want you to receive this forgiveness. There's more for you. There's more for all of us in this place. Hallelujah. His mercies made new every morning. Hallelujah. There is new mercy here today. And there's new forgiveness here today. And there's new healing here today. Hallelujah. Jesus in, in John chapter 4. He, uh, he has an encounter, and it's another God encounter, just like Acts chapter 8. Because he said, I need to go through Samaria. I need to go to this well of Samaria. And I need to meet someone there who isn't perfect. He didn't go to meet a king or a queen there. But he went there to meet with a sinner. All of the Pharisees... They accused Jesus of just loving to meet with sinners. But you know what? That's probably a good thing. Because he met me. Hallelujah. He came and found me. The only reason I'm here today is because God found me. Hallelujah. I don't know if anybody else has that testimony, but God found me. He handpicked me. And he decided to go to a dirty place to find me. And I find it so interesting, and I feel the Lord has spoken to me about this scripture, that in John chapter 4, that when Jesus met with this woman, he meets her at a very specific place to send a message that I come to preach here today. He meets her at this well that has significant history among the Jews, and that is Jacob's well in the scripture. Jacob their ancestor had built this well. And it is Jacob that they all track their lineage back to. Even the Samaritans are part Jew. And so that well is very significant to them. They've taken great care to take care of this well for a long time. I don't know about you, but I've seen, I've seen houses around the United States that are 150 years old. And we marvel that they've survived this long. This well at this point is probably four, five, six, seven hundred years old. And they have kept it working. And they've kept it running. No doubt some of the stones had corroded. And, and, and they had to replace them to make that well still functional. No doubt there was dirt that had got in there. And they had to get it out of there. They had to maintain this. And keep this well because it was significant to their family history. But Jesus gets to talking to this sinner woman here. And they begin to, she begins to ask, you know, the Jews say you got to worship here. And, and, and the Samaritans say worship here. And where do you think we should worship? And he says, well, none of that's going to matter one day. Because my spirit is going to be everywhere. Amen. Amen. But he says, and furthermore... He says, whosoever, in verse 14, drinketh of the water that I shall give him 
shall never thirst. He's saying, he's sending a message to, to her. He's saying, look, I have a well that is greater than Jacob's well. And so she, she like starts to understand what he's saying here a little bit because he's giving her a metaphor. He's saying, you come to this well every day and you get water, right? She had to go and get water at a different time than everybody else because she was such a bad sinner. So she'd go all by herself and load up all these buckets and bring it back to her house. And guess what? The water runs out. Amen. Anybody have a water bill in the house? Praise God. The water runs out. You got to pay for it or it'll really run out. Amen. P pay your water bill. Just going to slip that in there. Amen. Praise God. That was for somebody. Not, not everybody, hopefully. But the water is finite in Jacob's well. It's only physical. But he says... Whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him. A well of water springing up into everlasting life. Jesus is saying that even the traditions of your fathers are not as good as the water I'm going to give. The Jews had a hard time with this. Because they had traditions that they had established and followed like they were all from God. They had set up ordinances not even found in God's law. And they had set up things that were sacred to them. But even the sacred well of Jacob could not do what Jesus was going to do. Jesus was telling this woman that I am going to give something greater than this well, greater than your history, greater than what your forefathers did. Hallelujah. I come to preach a word today, and it's that just because your family's done it a different way, doesn't mean that it's the Bible way. I want to do it the Bible way. I want to be saved like it says in the Bible. And I want that water that I would never thirst again. Hallelujah. I didn't include it in our scriptures here, but in verse 15, she had some urgency and she said, she said, sir, give me this water that I never thirst again. And she had some, some passion build up inside of her that said, I want that. I want that life. I want that everlasting life. I'm tired of being empty. I'm tired of being dry. I want everlasting life. There's everlasting life for you here today in this house. The Holy Ghost is that everlasting life. The Bible tells us in John 7 that when we receive the Holy Ghost, it's like a river on the inside of us. It's ever flowing and everlasting and it will never end. The joy He gives, the peace He gives through the Holy Ghost is everlasting. You want that water. 
I wish somebody would have that attitude of that Samaritan woman that said, sir, give me this water. I've got to have it right now. I don't know about you, but I've got to have his spirit right now. I've got to have it flowing out of me right now. I want it overflowing. I want its banks reaching out everywhere right now. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And I'm not going to hold on to the traditions of my fathers. No, Jesus, I'm okay with my well. Well, your well isn't that great. There's a greater well. I hope you're hearing me today. There's a greater life for you. There's a greater life for you. And that's what Philip was preaching to this eunuch. He was telling him who was searching out and trying to find something to fill the emptiness in his life. Philip told him the emptiness you have in your life can be solved in Jesus Christ. It's Jesus who died for our sins. It's Jesus that bore the pain on the cross and you can have new life. Hallelujah. In Acts chapter 2, the scripture tells us that the Spirit of God was poured out for the first time on those who prayed in an upper room for 10 days straight. And they began to spill out onto the streets. And all the people in Jerusalem began to see what was happening. And, and, and uh, Peter began to preach to the masses of people that witnessed the Holy Ghost being poured out. And he said this. He said, but this is that which was spoken by by the prophet Joel and it shall come to pass in the last days saith God I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh hallelujah there was a day of Pentecost that came in the Bible that everlasting water came and it poured out on them and it spilled out onto the streets and they all began to speak with tongues as the spirit of God fell on them and in the confusion, the people said, what is happening here? And that's when he said, no, 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 this was prophesied long ago. And he said this in Acts chapter 2 and verse 37. The, the crowd asked Peter, they said, now when they heard this, they were pricked in their hearts and said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? They said, what do we got to do now, Peter? How do, I, how do I receive this? How do I get that water of everlasting life in me? You know it. You ought to quote it in your sleep. For in Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, the scripture says, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And he said this, for the promise is unto you and to your children and to they that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. He's calling us today. He's calling you today to this salvation, to the Bible salvation. Just like it was preached in the book of Acts, so is it preached today. Just like it was preached in Acts 8, so is it preached today. Hallelujah. This eunuch was hungry for God. He felt that emptiness on the inside of him. And Philip said, well, God's poured out his spirit, you see. And how you get into this kingdom 
is you've got to be born again of the water and of the spirit. He preached. That's how we apply that salvation work of Jesus Christ to us. It's by following what Jesus commanded them. Jesus commanded them that they be baptized in the name of the Lord. And so they preached that to everyone they went to. They preached it in Acts 1. They preached it in Acts 22. They preached it all over the scripture. They preached it everywhere they went. They proclaimed, you've got to receive the forgiveness of God. You've got to receive the blood of Jesus. And it happens when we are buried with him in baptism and we receive new life by his spirit. Praise God. That eunuch was searching and he was empty inside. But I've come to tell you, there is more. There is more. Look at your neighbor and say, there's more. Hallelujah, I had you ask your neighbor a little while ago, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? I've come to tell you, today's a good day that you can receive the Holy Ghost. Because all that, that re was required of them to receive that Holy Ghost is they repented before God. They told the Lord, I'm going to live my life for you. They spoke it out loud. They worshiped out loud and told the Lord, I'm turning my life to you. I'm turning away from the old ways. I'm turning away from my old traditions. And I'm turning away from my sin, most importantly. And so when they repented of their sins, something supernatural happened to them. For in Acts chapter 2 says that the Holy Ghost, when it fell on them, they began to speak with other tongues. It was a sign that happened. And I didn't read it in your hearing here, but the scripture tells us that after he preached and told them that it's both the Holy Ghost and it's being baptized that gets you in this thing. The Bible says that they that gladly received his word were baptized. And the same day they were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Every one of them that received the word. They were baptized. My question for you today, will you receive this word? If you'll receive this word, you too will be baptized. Amen. We can fill the baptistry today. Even if it's raining, we can fill it today and have your sins washed away just like they did in the Bible. You can do it in Jesus' name. I know I'm preaching, I'm preaching a Bible study in the book of Acts here today. I hope this is okay, Brother Chase. Hallelujah. You know, I want to give you another example, though. Not just the eunuch, not just the believers in Acts 19, but also there was a, a certain man, the Bible says, in Acts chapter 10, in Caesarea called Cornelius. I find it interesting that Caesarea is the place Philip went to next as well. And... And so they're getting ready for something amazing to happen there. The Bible tells us that there was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band, a devout man and one that feared God with all his house, which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. He was a good man. 
This man, Cornelius, that lived in Caesarea. This is a picture from Caesarea, by the way. I keep doing this because I got to be there. Praise God. And uh, so this is Caesarea by the sea. It's, it's a big old sea. You can't see across the Mediterranean. I, I, I kind of figured that, but you can really tell from the picture here. Praise God. And so he lived in this ocean city, and he's a devout man. He feared God. He loved God. He even gave to the poor. That's a good man. But there was more. There's more. There's more for you. Maybe you don't feel empty inside. Maybe you're like a Cornelius. And you've got everything together. You're telling me, Brother Garza, I give so much money to the poor. I am the most humble person that has ever walked the planet. Obviously, you wouldn't say that if you were. That was supposed to be a joke. Okay. But maybe, objectively, you have it all together. And you're doing pretty good. But the Bible tells us this in Acts chapter 10. It tells us that praying one day, he saw in a vision evidently about the ninth hour of the day, an angel of God coming into him and saying unto him, Cornelius. And when he looked on him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? What is it? What do you need? And he said unto him, Thy prayers and thine alms are come up before a memorial before God. He was such a beautiful person that his prayer and his giving got the attention of God. And God couldn't help but say, I, I got to go give him more. I got to go give him what's next for him. Praise God. That's awesome. I believe there's people coming to this church that God is sending them. Because the Bible tells us this about the angel. The angel said, thy prayers, thine alms are come up before a memorial before God. Now send men to Joppa and call for one Simon whose surname is Peter. He's saying, hey, you got to go find this preacher, Peter. Can you imagine the day that someone calls up your phone and is like, hey, uh, God told me to call you. Now, they didn't have phones, so they literally sent 90 miles away by foot to go and find this guy. Hopefully, he was still in the same house when they got there. You know, you ever been without your phone? That, that, that's, that's how it was all the time, praise God. <laughs> Some of you all know that better than me from prior decades. We'll put it that way. Amen. No text message, no GPS, no nothing. But they go and they find Peter. Peter was the man who preached Acts 2.38 that I just read to you. You know, Philip preached the same thing. Are you seeing a pattern here? The apostles preached the gospel. And I just got to say, the gospel's for you today. The gospel is for you today. Could it be that God has called you to this house? Could it be that it was God that put it in your heart to come into this place? Could it be that it is God that is drawing you to this message today? Yes. Hallelujah. Yes, 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 yes. And so Peter, 
does the only thing he knows to do. He preaches the gospel. And he preached this in Acts 10 and 43. He said to him give all the prophets witness that through his name whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. Through his name we receive remission of sins. That sounds like a good message. I think I'll preach that here today. And while Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on them which heard the word. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished as many as came with Peter. Because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. It wasn't just for the Jews, but it was for everybody else of every nation, even the Italians. They're the first ones to get it, praise God. All the Gentiles are able to receive this. Praise God for this scripture. Praise God that he poured it out on us. Now, how did they know they got the Holy Ghost? The Bible tells us, for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then answered Peter, can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? He preached the same message to this man in his household and they were baptized just like they were baptized in Acts 2. They were baptized in Acts 10. You've got to be baptized to receive that remission of sins. That is how we receive it. Galatians tells us this, and I'm quickly coming to a close, believe it or not. For ye are all the children of God by faith in Jesus Christ. Galatians 3, 26. 27, for as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. When we're baptized into Christ, we become his child. And when we become his child, we have put on Christ. I'm a new man when I put on Christ. I'm a new man than, than who I was before. God can change your life through the baptism. Hallelujah. Through the putting on of Christ. Hallelujah. We got to have Christ in us and we got to have Christ on us. And that's why we have to have water and we have to have spirit. It's God baptizing us completely inside and out. Hallelujah. I want him in me and I want him on me. I want his covering to cover my flesh, to cover the stains of my sins. But I want his spirit in me to change who I am from the inside. Hallelujah. It's important that we have both in our life. It's important that it's in the right name because we have to put on Christ. You can't wash your own sins away. We can't do it ourselves. We tried to do it ourselves. In Genesis, when they sinned, what did they do? They realized they were naked. And they tried to cover themselves. And so right in the get-go of your Bible, you probably read this if you're doing your yearly Bible reading. 
God said, no, 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 that's not good enough. Let me do a sacrifice, and I will cover you with coats. That's an example of what would come. We've got to be covered every square inch of our bodies by what Jesus gave. It's by faith. There's no power in the water, but it's by the name of Jesus that we're covered, that we're cleansed. Hallelujah. I can't be cleansed all by myself. I can't be good enough. Hallelujah, because then I'm just like a Cornelius and I haven't received the more for me. There is more for you. On this Sunday morning, January the 15th, I've come to tell you there's more for you and it's being covered in Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Brother Lucas, if you'd come and give us hope here today. Now, something I want to leave the saints with here is this was a continuous thought that Paul was writing. He had a lot of run-on sentences when he would write his letters. Praise God. Any of you try to memorize scripture, you'll realize that. He just goes on and on. And so into chapter 4, he begins to explain. He's saying, you're all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. He says there's neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For ye are all one in Christ Jesus. And if ye be Christ's, then ye, uh, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Hallelujah. We're all one family here. If I could just drop this in. Because we've been baptized into Christ. Praise God. We're all one family here. There's no bond. There's no free. There's no male. There's no female. There's no Jew nor Greek. You know, you might like Ford. I might like Chevy. You know, that just put it in modern terms. You might like chocolate cake. I might like carrot cake. Praise God. Carrot cake's good. But we're the family of God. And you're Abraham's seed. You know, you can study it in your Bible. God promised a lot of things to Abraham. And he promised a lot of things to his children. Those are now your promises. Remember in Deuteronomy, when he said, blessed when you come and blessed when you go. And all the nations shall rise and call you blessed. God gives us assurance for a tomorrow in eternity with him through baptism in Jesus' name. But I would say the cherry on top is he's going to bless you here. He's going to take care of you here. Hallelujah, while we're on our way to that other side. While we're on our way to that eternity, we will have pain. We will have issues. But we're blessed. But we're Abraham's seed. Hallelujah. And so he continues on to unpack this. And he's really uh, working on the Galatians church who has received false teachers who are preaching kind of a hybrid doctrine and, and bringing them back to the, Jew, the Jews' traditions. 
And he's saying, no, 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 it's all in Jesus. Your baptism gave you access to the family. The baptism is how you put on Christ. Amen. Can you see what I'm emphasizing here today? I hope I've emphasized it enough. We've got to be baptized in the name of Jesus. But he says this in Galatians 4 and 9 as we stand to our feet here today. He says, but now after ye have known God, or rather are known of God, how turn ye again to the weak and beggarly elements, whereunto ye desire again to be in bondage? Paul's telling the church, why are you going back? That stuff, that water from that Jacob's well, it's weak. That ain't the real deal. You know, that's like Dasani, you know. Like, and, and we, got, we got the good stuff. I'm just kidding. If you like Dasani, that's fine. But that water is not good enough. That's not it. It's not in these old things, these old traditions, this old weak and beggarly elements, he says. Why do you want to go back to that? Why do you want to go back to bondage? When you've been set free by the blood of Jesus and you've been put into Abraham's seed, I come with a word for our own church too. You've been baptized. You've been put into Christ and Christ put on you and in you. Why would you want to go back to where you came from? No, there's more. There's more. What did Paul say? I count myself not as apprehended, but this I do, I press. Amen? We ought to have a pressing, a reaching for more. We ought, to, we ought to learn something even from the unbeliever, the eunuch. He was reading the scripture, and he was seeking it out for himself. Oh, man, I'm going to ruin another, another message here. We have something we can learn from the hunger of a sinner, even. When's the last time you took your word and you said, God, I need you to talk to me. God, I'm hungry to receive this. Lord, I want this in me. It's then that God will speak to you. Can I be candid with you? I, I'm not anything special, but I, I feel to share this with you. There's so many times in my life that I have sought God in His Word. And he, and he didn't give me all the answers. And then I came to church, and my pastor preached on the same thing I just read. And it all makes sense. Come on, do you believe in this? Do you believe in the preached Word of God? Do you leave, believe in the power of your baptism? Do you believe in the power of the Holy Ghost? Hallelujah. I know you do because you're here in this house. And so I want to encourage you, saints of God, let's never go back. Let's keep reaching forward. Let's not go back to how we used to be. Let's not be the same way we've always been. Let's not do the traditions of our family, the traditions of our fathers back over here. But we're blazing a new trail. We're reaching ahead. We're building the kingdom of God in Yolo County. Hallelujah!
Hallelujah. Maybe you're doing all the right things. And God has favored you with this truth today. Maybe you're feeling empty inside. Anybody been there before? Amen. Where you just feel empty. You just feel like there's, that, that there's more for you. There is more. There is more. I believe you can receive the Holy Ghost in this place. And I want to open these altars up. And for those of you new to this house, what that means is I want you to come as a step of faith. I want you to come out of your seat and come down and stand in this front and let us pray with you. The Bible tells us that when they laid hands on them that had believed and those that repented, that they received the Holy Ghost. And so we make this place, we call it an altar here. And we want you to come down to this front. We want to pray with you. And we want together as the family of God, once again, to repent before God. To give our lives all over again to God. Amen. In your own words, in your own voice, you can give your life to God in this place. Hallelujah. You can just lift your hands, come to this front, find a spot. And lift your hands, and there's no one here that'll judge you. There's no one here that's, that's, that's just trying to seek out somebody or anything like that. But this is a safe place in this house where God can speak to us and God can fill us. That's our prayer today. We want God to fill you with the Holy Ghost as you repent to God. Just like they did in the Bible. Hallelujah. Come on. Come to this place. Thanks again for joining us for this podcast. It's such an honor that we could have you, and we pray you were blessed by the word today. We want to stay connected with you, and so give us a follow on our social media pages on Facebook or Instagram. You can find all of those on our website at firstchurch.app. You can also stay connected with us through that uh, website, and you can download it as an app on your phone from there. And so until the next time, we pray you're blessed. Have a great week in Jesus' name.